0: You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome to Locked On 49ers Friday edition. We've got our keys to victory in week five as the 49ers take on the Miami Dolphins. We'll hear from some of the coaches and players in the 49ers heading into this contest and the final injury report for week five this season get football in your time with nfl game pass see all the action with every game with full game replays you can also replay an entire game and catch all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games go to nfl.com slash game pass to start your free trial today nfl game pass where football never stops i am your host brian peacock welcome everybody old and new to this podcast we're coming at you daily here on the locked on podcast network Let's start with this injury report, and the big news is that Jimmy Garoppolo practiced in full Friday, and he is no longer on the injury report. He will play and start against the Miami Dolphins, so welcome back, Jimmy Garoppolo. Looking at the rest of this injury report, those players who are listed as out, we've got Ezekiel Ansah. We already knew about Ansah. He's going to go on IR. That just hasn't been made official. There are some roster moves for the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan saying, and we'll hear more from the coach later, but... He did say that the 49ers will be bringing an extra defensive back because of all the injuries there. Speaking of k Williams, nickel slot corner is out for week five, as is Emmanuel Mosley due to a concussion. And now Dante Johnson, who started last week, he's got a growing injury, didn't practice all week. And he is out for week five. Richard Sherman still another week away, at least from coming off of IR. They're hoping to have him back for either week six or seven with his calf injury. So that means Akello Witherspoon will start across from Jason at cornerback, right? Well... Not so fast, Akela Witherspoon, listed as questionable, limited all week. He's got a hamstring injury, so we'll see if he's able to go. 49ers really scrapping together uh, a group of cornerbacks right now. It was wide receivers earlier in the season. They're starting to get healthy there, and now it's a cornerback where they're having a rough time figuring out who can start. The guy who you're worried about more than anybody being healthy for the season coming in was Jason Verrett. He's been the, the Iron Man of the group so far. And I wonder how the 49ers are going to play this one on defense, because then you start to look at Jamar Taylor, who most definitely will be suited up and playing. Is he just going to start and play the full nickel role in place of Kwan Williams? Or will the 49ers look at their group and say, look, we've got this guy, Tarverius Moore, who's played corner in the past. We have Jimmy Ward, who's played corner in the past. We would rather have them on the field than you know bringing up Ken Webster and Jamar Taylor and everybody else. So maybe we'll see. Ward play a little bit of slot, and then we'll see Tarverius Moore come in. Maybe they'll even have Tarverius Moore play some outside cornerback. I just feel like at some point, the 49ers are going to try to, even if somebody's slightly out of position, get their best 11 on the field rather than, than starting somebody off of the practice squad and asking that player to play, you know, 50 snaps in a game. So that'll be interesting how the 49ers decide to line this up. And it's not like the, the Miami Dolphins have some juggernaut group of wide receivers either. So that does bode well sort of, you know, again, it's, it's been pretty lucky of uh, uh, who the p- opponents have been for the 49ers recently with all of these injuries. But that's about to change. They're going to start facing a lot tougher opponents. And the, the Miami Dolphins aren't pushovers, even though they're only one and three coming into this game. And they're a well-coached unit. Also listed as questionable on the injury report is Raheem Mostert. He was at practice but limited all week with his sprained knee. And Debo Samuel, which is a new one. Uh, He had an illness pop up. He practiced Wednesday, which I believe is the first time Debo Samuel and Jimmy Garoppolo have practiced together this year. An official practice. They they threw together in the offseason, but since... The week leading up to the Super Bowl, I think Wednesday, one practice and that's it is uh, has been and, and Jimmy was limited for that practice. So they've gotten one full practice from Debo with Jimmy and Jimmy was limited on Wednesday. Then Debo didn't practice and was doing Zoom meetings on Thursday and Friday because an illness for him popped up. They're pretty sure it's not covid. He has one more test to pass to make sure. So it looks like he's listed as questionable, but should be able to play as long as he passes that last test. So uh, more on this whole scenario with with everybody. Let's start with Kyle Shanahan on that subject of Debo Samuel going into week five.
2: Uh, Debo's good. I mean, just I mean, he was on Zoom in our meetings today. So says he has no symptoms feeling great. So uh, he's got one more test to pass. I think he did it today. We'll get the results tomorrow on that. And then he
1: should be allowed back in our building. So not ideal. Debo Samuel listed as questionable, but sounds like as long as that passes, then everything's good to go. And I'm sure Debo at that point would play as many snaps as he can handle because the 49ers are definitely going to need him, I think against the Miami Dolphins. And not just for 25 snaps like last week. Let's shift to the defensive side of the ball really quickly here. And Kyle Shanahan had some interesting comments earlier on in the week about the development of rookie first round defensive tackle, Javon Kinlaw.
2: I thought I think Kinlaw's done a good job. You know, each week I think he's improved. Um, You know, going against us all camp, then he sees a different def- uh, offense each week, which I think has helped him a little bit, starting to understand some of the blocking schemes and stuff of the league. Um, but he's going to have a good career here. I'm real excited about him and um, just expect him to keep climbing and getting better as this year goes.
1: Yeah, the physical tools are obvious with Javon Kinlaw, and I think he kind of touched on it. And, you know, coaches don't really usually want to go into too much detail, but he talked about blocking schemes and just uh, there's a lot of technique involved, a lot of recognition involved for Javon Kinlaw right now. And I think it was Ian Williams, former defensive tackle for the 49ers, did a quick Twitter breakdown of Javon Kinlaw and some teaching tape stuff. And just, you know, understanding how an offense lines up, what they might be trying to do to you, and seeing a block that's coming from the backside and, and different angles that the offense might be taking at you that if you saw it earlier, you could go take on that block and cut off a running lane for a running back or something like that. And you know it's going to take reps, and, and he's a pretty raw guy coming out. And you know every game he's continued to to flash something that's pretty special and pretty powerful. And you know once he can start stringing those plays together more often, recognition gets better, technique gets better. Then I mean you're talking about a player. It's it's the sky's the limit. I mean he has a huge amount of tools. That's never been in question at all for Javon Kinlaw. Now we're just looking for consistency. The offensive line and the offense in particular is going to be a big topic of conversation on today's show. But the the OL needs to get better. And there was a lot of questions uh, all week long from reporters about the offensive line after they didn't have the best showing last week. And I I love the answer from Kyle Shanahan that sort of explains the, the theory behind how they like to play it when, especially in the run game, how the offensive line works in the running game in Kyle Shanahan's offense.
2: We come off the ball. We don't kind of plot around, um, if that makes sense. I mean, our, our linemen come off the ball just as aggressively as our running back comes off the ball, just as aggressively as our receivers do, um, sometimes as aggressively as the D linemen do. Um, sometimes D linemen um, two-gap and play um, what we call frog stances, and sometimes they're attacking and going right at us, similar to our defense, and that's how our o line is on offense. And we, try to, we involve the receivers in everything because um, we really try to score in every run play. I mean, it doesn't happen very much, um, but that's the idea of it. Some, some people, you know, your mentality is a little bit just try to block it for two or three and see if the back can create and turn it into more. And uh, I think we're just a little bit aggressive with how we come off and um, attack, which I think does lead to um, a lot of success, but it also puts pressure on guys, too. Um, when you ask guys to do that left and right, um, it makes them vulnerable to looking bad. Um, which is why I like the guys that we have. They don't sit there and play cautious. They don't, hey, let me not come off the ball and not go all out on this so I can just stay in front of the guy and make sure I, I don't get a bad grade on whatever you guys read for grades. Um, and then just hope to back and Barry Sanders didn't create. You know, our guys really come off and um, go for it. And when you do that, you're going to win some
1: and you're going to lose some. It's one of the things I really like about the outside zone running scheme because if offensive linemen sometimes you know might not eat, love it and they're firing off and they're maybe running laterally to start a play quickly. Imagine how much a defensive tackle hates that, right? They're all about power. They want to go upfield, and all of a sudden they've got to just take off and run horizontally to start a play. And, and I love that, and that creates gaps in the running game, and obviously it creates a lot of big plays too and big openings. Getting running backs onto the second level when everything's. Working well in cutback lanes, so it takes vision, it takes some patience sometimes from runners, and then when they see it, they gotta hit it. And that's why Raheem Mostert's so great in this scheme, because he's got that burst when he sees it, and he explodes into the second level, and it's so fun to watch there. But it is a lot of moving parts, and you can tell when it's not working well either, because everything is just a big cluster F. Okay, more about the offensive line coming up. More from Kyle Shanahan. We'll hear from Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, and of course, the quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, taking the podium next. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. They remember your order and call you by name. Always give back, making a difference and in that extra mile. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support, so let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, help your team score and choose to shop at local businesses. And while you're there, look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless Visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa everywhere you want to be official partner of the NFL. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. A refreshing sidekick for whichever game you're most focused on. I personally, paying a little extra close attention now, got some more skin in the game this season with us keeping track of our picks all year. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day to become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. One thing that often goes extremely underlooked when it comes to offensive line play is some of the factors in pass protection, especially And Trent Williams talks about this as well. There are sacks that are completely on the quarterback. Sometimes there are sacks because nobody's open and there's nowhere for a quarterback to go with the ball and he has to hold on to it longer than he wants. Sometimes the quarterback drifts into trouble. And so there's a lot of factors there, which is why you see a lot of the best quarterbacks in the NFL get the ball out in two and a half seconds, because if you get the ball out quickly, even a good pass rush can't get to you sometimes. And I think the 49ers really love that short passing game for that reason. But Kyle talks about a quarterback's impact on the run game as well.
2: I mean, that's a lot of pressure we put on them during the week. I mean, that's more about your study habits and going into it. And, you know, we don't ask them to just think of it a lot out there, you know. call a couple plays, and there's certain things that lead them to one player or the other, just rules that you give them and um, stuff you can say to them in the huddle and things like that. Um, So it's very important that they prepare the right way and put a lot of time into that. And usually if you prepare the right way, which all our guys have every game, um, they're pretty automatic in the run game with the checks and
1: stuff once we get to Sunday there's so much on a quarterback's plate. And I know it's really easy when you're a fan and you're watching a game and a quarterback makes a bad play and it's like, Oh my God, there's a billion things pre-snap post-snap that a quarterback has to do. And then they've got to be like the most elite arm talent, human beings on the planet and not screw up and fit a football in a tiny four inch window. It's pretty amazing. Sometimes what great quarterbacks are able to accomplish on the field when massive 300 pound human beings are chasing after him that could literally kill them in, in their career in life and Kyle Shanahan was like yeah okay they, they had a bad week the offensive line did last week but how are they bouncing back in practice this week
2: I think they responded great I mean um, to kind of be under the spotlight on Monday night football when when everybody I mean Sunday night football when everybody's watching um, and then not to have the success that they're used to having um, in the run game and in pass protection. Um, sometimes guys are gonna be a little bit of sensitive coming in. Um, you know, it's it's not fun for people to uh, get called out like that. And you know, our guys couldn't have been more the opposite. And we got some men in our group, some guys who are very accountable. You could tell that they came in on Tuesday just on their own when they're not supposed to be around us, just detailing stuff up, um, putting more work in. Um, it's kind of hard to think that they could put more work in because those guys are um, as good of a group in terms of work and preparation as I've been around. Uh, but those guys through adversity, they've gone stronger. They had a great week of practice. I uh, love how they came out yesterday in their team run, had a good day today on Friday and um uh, pumped to see him play on s- Sunday.
1: I'm really glad Kyle Shanahan. It's one of the refreshing things about Shanahan. He's, he's usually very truthful. And sometimes you can tell there's a little bit of coach speak there, but a lot less coach speak with Shaney than a lot of coaches, probably almost any coach around the NFL right now. And, and definitely in 49ers history, um, Trent Williams did not quite want to acknowledge that maybe he he screwed up a, a few times. He he said the coaching staff credited him, him with a half a sack. And and I think, you know, one and a half is maybe closer to accurate, but there definitely was one playing question. And I mentioned earlier about quarterbacks drifting into trouble. And, you know, Minnick Mullins had to hold on to the ball for a while. And was it his fault? Was there nobody open? Did he miss a read? Whatever. I don't know, but he held on to the ball a little bit and kind of did drift and Trent Williams had to block. I think it was, uh, Josh sweat for quite a while. And he thwarted the first move and then was pushing him back beyond what you'd think behind where the pocket would be. But then Nick Mullins was there. So that was one of the sacks. And so I kind of get it from Trent Williams perspective. If he thinks, yeah, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't get credit for that sack on my record.
0: Uh, I mean, it depends on what you mean. You're talking about pass pro. Um, you know, I was credited for half a sack from the coaches, uh, which I feel like I could have did that play a little better. But um, you know, the quarterback got the moving around and, you know, things happen. So I mean, we could all be better in that sense. Um, and that's and pass pro after that I was pretty clean from a personal standpoint. Um, you know, out of seventy four plays, probably four, four to five that I wish I had back. Um, obviously the penalties are that they're on me, bonehead, you know, penalties, and <clears throat> gotta erase those from the game. But other than that, um, you know, from a pass protection, I, I had a pretty clean sheet. Um, I know sometimes that the <clears throat> public perception can think, you know, some things are, are on you when, you know, in-house, you kind of, we kind of know they're not. So, you know, that's a tough deal to kind of Juggle with just you know dealing with perception versus reality.
1: Uh, the life of an offensive lineman—you screw up four times in seventy-five plays, and you're you're garbage <laughs> according to most people. So no, I, I feel Trent Williams on that. That is that is kind of rough, and it wasn't all on him. He was beat cleanly though by Derek Barnett, and then you know you could have blocked a little bit longer, maybe taken sweat a little bit wider. Uh, it, it, I'm, I'm not worried at all about Trent Williams. Some other things much more concerning, I think, on the 49ers offensive line. And look, when you consider the, the three games he played before that, and he's been in an all pro level. Yeah, no problems with with Trent Williams going forward. And I think maybe uh, the 49ers will, will fix some things up front just naturally here in the coming weeks and hopefully this week, which uh, it's, it's not as good of a defensive line they're facing this week as they, it was against Philly because the Eagles have a really good defensive line and they played a great game. And sometimes it's not all about you. Sometimes the other team is good, too. And they just I think the 49ers just got beat up front last week. And a lot of times the teams that win the battle up front are the teams that win the game. Everyone crossing their fingers that Debo Samuel will be back Sunday and the illness is nothing and non-COVID related, which is the way it looks right now. We'll find out about that last test result. But uh, how has Debo Samuel been staying in shape while trying to rehab from a broken foot? It's pretty hard to run when you've got a broken foot.
3: Uh, I think we just did a great job here with Ben Peterson, Mike Nicolini and uh DP uh, Dustin Perry with uh, the conditioning for us like biking, like skier's edge We had like kind of like a trampoline here we do cardio on that uh, really everything possible uh, to stay off my feet to keep my cardio up.
1: Debo was asked what it's like to get some limited action last week and if it was tough to sit on the sideline and not play every snap as a true starter.
3: I mean, honestly, it felt great just to be out there. It all started at practice that Wednesday when I was just going out there and feel the energy of him and Brandon and Wells working and all the other guys. But it was just great to get back out there with the guys. And uh, well, like I just stated a minute ago, whatever Kyle needs me to do, I'm going to go out there and do it no matter how many snaps it is.
1: You know, I said earlier there was only one practice. I guess there was other limited practices with Debo and Garoppolo because Garoppolo got in some limited work last week too, right? So it might not be just the one limited practice but uh, no full speed practices yet with Garoppolo and Debo Samuel but it was awesome to see Debo Samuel out there and he made an impact on the the plays he was on the field I mean it's key how, how important he is to the offense I don't think it can even be understated so it's really important to have him back out there to the entire offense and what about the young man it's odd that Debo Samuels in his second season has only played a part of a game in his second season is like the the old hat, he's he's the wide receiver, one, the elder veteran of this group. The rookie, Brandon Ayuk, though, doing a lot of Debo Samuel-type stuff while he was out. Debo's impression of the rookie.
3: Uh, I think Brandon do a great job of that. Uh, I, it's good to say that he's part of the Yak Bros now. Uh, me, me, Brandon, and Ayuk, uh, great guys with the ball in our hands. So, I mean, it's just great to have another guy out there that can break tackles and go score. Because now you actually got to cover the whole field with me, Kittle, and Brandon, they're able to make because You don't know who will get in the round, who getting the screen. So it, it, it puts stress on defensive coordinators of how they're going to game plan us. And uh, the hurdle was crazy. Uh, I wish you could go back to the game and see the expression of the whole team with just knowing like he didn't even take a gather step just to jump over the guy. It was very impressive.
1: And so it has been ordained. Print the T-shirts. Print the hats. Get your avatars ready. The Yak Bros are coming to town. It is official Yak bros, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and the entire group, uh, they are now the Yak bros forever, And, and thank you, Debo Samuel, for that. More on Brandon Ayuk from his quarterback, we'll hear from Jimmy Garoppolo next, and the keys to victory in week five against the Miami Dolphins. First of all, the first question you knew it would be asked, how is the ankle feeling what's it like having a high ankle sprain how is he getting through this and is he 100% ready to go this weekend because he's gonna play I have my doubts he's actually 100% you
4: know ankle's feeling really good right now I got the last couple weeks off to get it right and so the training staff you know I tip my hat to those guys they did a great job with me just preparing me and everything but uh, as far as getting out there I mean we've had the whole week uh, to work on it so it's feeling pretty good right now I've had normal ankle sprains never had a high ankle sprain so this was a first Uh, and I kind of just thought it was going to be like a normal ankle sprain I thought I could come back and, you know, just trying to get myself mentally prepared each week. So I was, you know, kind of talking to myself, telling myself, hey, you know, I can play this week. I'll be all right. And just uh, it took a little time. But I'm glad to be back out there with the guys. It feels great.
1: Inching closer to a fully operational 49ers offense with all the weapons that we expected to be there. And those Yak bros to go with Jimmy Garoppolo. Will we see them all on the field together for the first time? And that's an important step for the 2020 49ers. If they want to make a run, they, they got to get that part right.
4: Well, It's, it's exciting to get a, the group out there that you envision. You know what I mean? It's, and then just uh, to really stack days together, stack days of the same group going out there, just getting the chemistry down, the communication part of it. Uh, I mean, there's so many things that go into it, but it just takes time. And so, uh, you know, whenever we could get guys healthy and get guys back, it always is going to help everyone.
1: Jimmy's all about the Yak Bros. He seemed pretty excited to get everybody there. Shouted out George Kittle for a happy birthday. Happy birthday, George Kittle, whose birthday was I think it's Friday. I think it's right now. And also wearing the the Garoppolo Kittle twenty twenty hoodie. But he also gave a scouting report on the rookie Brandon Ayuk.
4: Oh yeah, Ayuk. Um yeah, B B's been awesome. He really has. He um he's really starting to catch catch on to the offense and learning how it all ties together. Uh You know, whether his route is, you know, the main route or he's trying to help one of his his fellow teammates out. I think it's just, um, you know, all rookies go through that learning phase and he's grinding through it right now, but he's been impressive. He's made a lot of plays out there for us.
1: It's kind of similar to... What we heard from Kyle Shanahan about Javon Kinlaw, like the talents there, big plays can happen and you see the flashes, but there's just some little things that rookies have to learn that's tough and it's been a tough offseason. So kudos to them for both being involved and being able to contribute as much as they have early on. And I'm blown away by how many rookies have been, especially on offenses around the league, been able to contribute to their NFL teams and Brandon Ayuk and Javon Kinlaw are, are both contributing right now, both showing flashes of the ability that they have, but there's still a long way to go as expected to grasp everything you need to grasp as a young player entering the NFL. But yeah, man, that Ayuk was, hurdle was fun. I mean, that was, the burst is there and you see all those things and those are fun and seeing them break off slants, that's great. But that hurdle was one of those moments and you don't get a ton of those moments in an NFL season where it's a jump off the couch moment and that was definitely one of them. But that's also why and watching IU and watching the 49ers offense like why don't they use them down the field more? Why isn't there more concepts happening down the field instead of just let's hand him the ball or let's throw him a screen pass or throw him a slant on the backside of an RPO or something like that. And I think we're, we're hearing that and you can kind of read between the lines where there's still a lot he needs to learn in route combinations and, and wire routes working off of each other. And I think for those things, they're going to lean more on the veteran receivers. And that is a great place to start for our keys to victory in week five for the 49ers to beat the Miami Dolphins. And it starts with those outside receivers. First of all, you know, it's more difficult if Debo can't play. Expectation is that he will be able to play. And that is pretty important for the 49ers because I think they'll need to win outside a little bit more than they have the last few weeks. And Jimmy Garoppolo will help that. Debo will help that. But Ayuk is part of it, too. Or, you know, if Kendrick Bourne's in there quite a bit and if you are like, this is the, the always the best way to go about it when you're looking at a matchup. How would you, if you were a defensive coordinator, you guys have all seen a million 49ers games, this current group, how would you go against this group? And especially if you're the Dolphins who run a lot of man coverage, they've got a highly touted, highly paid cornerbacks. They drafted another first round cornerback after they already had Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, both of them had been nicked up a little bit. Both of them fully participating in practice, by the way. Byron Jones has missed the last few weeks. He will play. So the 49ers have a, or the, the Miami Dolphins have a full complement of cornerbacks to cover 49ers wide receivers. And I imagine they'll go back to playing uh, a really high percentage of man coverage, and that's what they want to do. They got away from it a little bit, played a little bit more zone last couple of the weeks as I was watching with Byron Jones out, maybe to cover up for the rookie on the other side. But uh, if I'm... If I'm the Dolphins, I go, okay, whether it's Iuke, whether it's Bourne, whether it's Debo Samuel, it's like, look, you're going to get Jones. You're going to get Howard on the outside. We're going to go press man coverage on you. Go for it. Like we, You haven't proven that you can win in this way, so beat us on the outside if you can, and we're going to have two guys, three guys on George Kittle. We're going to crowd the middle of the field, and we're going to do what we can to stop the run and dare you to beat us on the outside. Having Debo back, having Jimmy back, I think will help that immensely. Can the 49ers win more on the outside? They might need to this week against the Miami Dolphins. So that's my key to victory number five in week five. The number four key to victory for the 49ers to beat the Dolphins this week. And we'll go to the defensive side of the ball here. And the, the defense has really held up their part of the bargain despite losing two of their better players and no Richard Sherman, no Bosa, no Ford. The good thing is it's not a super athletic quarterback in Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, he's got some Fitz magic. He can move around a little bit for a 38 year old quarterback, but they pretty much know where the pocket's going to be, where he's going to be. I think that benefits the 49ers defensive line and they can go get after the quarterback in a, in a really normal fashion this week. I think that will help them and they've got to continue to play well. And I've talked a lot about Eric Armstead stepping up and he's he's played really well. And he's got to be the anchor of the 49ers defensive line. And he's paid like a star player. He needs to continue to play like a star player. Maybe see a few more flashes every week. You know, build on those performances for Javon Kinlaw and really make things difficult for that Dolphins offensive line who, who's not great. And I think the 49ers could, could wreak havoc there, stop the run, make life difficult there in the run game, which puts Ryan... Fitzpatrick in some tough down and distance situations where they can go after him and use that power, use that brute strength to go get the quarterback. So uh, it's, it's still a key. The 49ers have played well on defense and they've got to continue that up front. And they still have a couple of first round picks. They still have a lot of talent. Kerry Heider. I love the energy he's brought and the way he's played, overcome injuries and continue to play well on the defensive line. And in turn, that will help out the back end, which really needs it, which is my key to victory. Number three for the 49ers. They just have to not fall flat on their face in the defensive backfield with the lack of corners. I mean, it's it's crazy now to, to think that it's going to be Jason Verrett, and Lord knows who. I have no idea who's going to start opposite Jason Verrett because Akella Witherspoon's questionable. It's not going to be Sherman, who's still on IR. It's not going to be Emmanuel Mosley, who's already been ruled out. It's not going to be Dante Johnson, who's already been ruled out. So who's going to start at corner? Will it be Jamar Taylor? Will they use uh, some sort of safety in that spot we'll see a lot more of jimmy ward playing some corner maybe in the slot maybe uh Tarvarius more either on the outside or in the slot they could do a lot of different things and i'm sure they'll be continuing to play a, a ton of zone cover three cover four whatever it is and to to sort of cover up for that and then just rally to the ball underneath and you know like i mentioned before the miami dolphins don't have a you know a, a crazy amount of juice at wide receiver they got more big bodied guys Devonte parker and, and preston williams players of that sort so they whoever's playing defensive back even if the defensive line plays well they still got to not completely fall on their face and I'm sure there'll be some plans in place to to cover up for the lack of corners and play a ton of zone and have some guys back deep there just in case key to victory number two for the 49ers to beat the Miami Dolphins and that is Jimmy Garoppolo welcome back Jimmy G don't re-injure yourself. Don't re-injure that high ankle sprain. This is almost like for now and later, you you can't have Jimmy come back too early. And it was a little bit concerning listening to Kyle Shanahan on KNBR Friday morning. He didn't have good things to say about high ankle sprains and his experience with them. He said, yeah, it seems like sometimes some guys come back in two weeks, some guys it lingers all season long, you think they're good, and then they go out and tweak themselves. And it's something that you can't really know until you play a game. And it was like, all right, Kyle, I mean, maybe that's the truth, but Um, you're scaring us over here because it made it seem like, I don't know, who knows, maybe Jimmy G could get hurt again. Uh, And I don't think he meant it to sound like that, but um, it just, you know, the high ankle sprain is a really screwy injury. So you hope Jimmy Garoppolo's taped up tight and doesn't re-injure that thing because that could really derail the rest of the season. And, uh, you know, you got to stay healthy past week five, two into the gauntlet, which really begins in week six. It's only going to get more difficult for the 49ers from here on out. And health has been such a problem and it's such a huge key Getting healthy and then staying healthy, not having new people get injured the rest of the way. He had a victory number one for the 49ers to beat the Miami Dolphins, and it goes hand in hand with keeping Jimmy Garoppolo healthy and clean. And that's a bounce back game from the 49ers' offensive line. They can't play like they did last week, especially the good players, the tackles. You know, mcglinchey has got to play a lot better than he has the first few weeks. A little hiccup for Trent Williams even last week. They have an opportunity to get better uh, against a defensive line that on paper isn't as talented, but everybody's got talent in the NFL and anybody can beat anybody on a given game Uh, I think when you're in the spotlight playing in the lights and you have a nationally televised game and you don't play well and you hear about it all week I think they're gonna have a little extra edge with the 49ers offensive line so I fully expect them to bounce back and play better but it's definitely something they have to do if you're gonna go anywhere this year the 49ers have to block people and they have to be good up front. And that's a unit that's not even that banged up there. They're missing Weston Richburg. I know, but Ben Garland has been one of the better players on that offensive line uh, at center so far this year. And of course, not every sack or pressure is always on the offensive line. You know, maybe some isolated plays make it look worse than it was, but it still hasn't been good. So the OL is healthy. They need to play better. They should be a strength of this football team and play like it in week five all right those are the keys to victory for the 49ers to beat the miami dolphins kicking off 1 p.m pacific time from levi's stadium and i'll have it all broken down for you monday right here locked on 49ers